Happy Monday, Mike. Happy Monday. Good morning, Steve. How was your weekend? Weekend was good, man. Weekend was good. Got a chance to uh, down tools, uh, relax, take in some TV, some interesting TV that, uh, well, I say TV, Netflix, uh, Amazon What'd Prime. You watch? But uh, so I, I wanted to completely switch off uh, and I wanted my brain to relax. And for me, stupid comedy is like yes. the, the go to resource. And, I love it. you know, stupid, stupid comedy doesn't get much better than uh, the Naked Gun series or Police Academy. Oh, perfect. So I went Leslie way Nielsen. back, way back. And honestly, it's like I forgot some of the uh, some of the sketches. The, the, just, uh, the humor is just brilliant. You know? So good. Uh, so I entertain myself with uh, I watched Naked Gun, Naked Gun, two and a half, two police academies. Um, wow. Good fun. Good fun. What about you? Awesome. Uh it's been a while since I've seen those. I, I did see the the old airplane, you know, the original of that mm. series of the Zucker brothers mm -hmm. who created those. And uh, it, it holds up, man. It's still, it's still, it, well, it's shockingly uh, inappropriate in times because, you know, our sensibilities back then were a lot different. No, I, I took your advice this weekend and I was stumbling around trying to turn my brain off Saturday. And you mentioned last week that you like to watch movies you've seen a bunch of times so you could just, yeah. you know, tune in and tune out, doze, doze off and come back, you know, right where you are. I found a movie. I used to watch it all the time. Probably an early 90s movie. Remember the John Grisham films, The, the Firm with mm -hmm. uh, Tom Cruise was one of the one of yeah. his first ones where, where Cruise is a lawyer in Memphis and it's uh, he finds out something's wrong. A couple of the other lawyers are have been mysteriously disappearing. And uh, it, it was it was pretty cool to to revisit that movie because he was so young. Tom Cruise, although he, he looks the same practically today, it, it was pretty much uh, a movie I remember watching again and again early in my career. Not that I ever was going to be a, a lawyer, but you know it was one of those movies that I really found fascinating. So yeah, yeah, that kind of TV is necessary these days as we're processing all that's going on. Because then I kind of reconnected last night and this morning with what's going on with the news and the latest with our situation the pandemic and how it's going to affect our workplaces and uh, lots to talk about today here we yeah, are no march lots. 30th three weeks into working from home three weeks into really a, a brave new world right yeah no absolutely and uh, governor cuomo basically told everybody else we've got uh, at least until april 15th uh, the the president mentioned april 30th so we'll yep. see, we'll see the where guidelines. we end up. I think it's, yeah, I think we just have to uh, assume that it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future. And, um, and you know, it is what it is and we do what we have to do. Um, and How did that news as, hit you? How did you process it when you said, okay, another um, month at least? You know, I, I, it, I never really, I expected it to be honest. I, I've got my mindset that this is going to be for a duration. It's going to be for a term. It is going to be a while. Um, I think when you know that, you're able to then assess it, understand it. Um, and while while the governor, president, and you know um, health authorities are trying to be as positive um, and give people a time horizon that isn't too hard to deal with, um, I think that's what they're what they're looking to achieve, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think this is going to be uh, this going to be a while. I think. I think the social distancing is going to have to be maintained for a long period of time. I don't know how long that will be. I mean, you think about it, Florida hasn't really started to feel the effects of it, right? You've got other states that really haven't, although some are starting. Um, and, you know, as it moves through the country, 
Um, will there be a second wave thereafter? Who knows, right? We just don't know. So, as I said, so I think we, we balance out each other pretty well because, you know, I'm the optimist. I'm the cup is half full. I told you long before we started this daily conversation, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, I, I just want to, you know, let's hunker down for a couple of weeks, let the data come together. And hopefully we'll see that all those grim projections are not accurate and we'll find a way to uh, manage things sooner than later. And then as the data comes together and here we are, and again, I'm still not able to process all the data. It used to be, where is the data? There isn't any data. And now it's, there's too much data for a guy like me to process. <laughs> so I'm just leaning on the experts, you know, Dr. Fauci and uh, yeah. others who, who are telling us what the data means and they know what they're talking about. And when you hear a report like yesterday, it could, it could hit you pretty hard when you're a, you know, a positive optimistic guy, but at the same time, it just puts me in a mindset of we need to shift our expectations and begin to prepare our community, those in our workplaces to be in it for the long haul, as you said, and continue to be hopeful, continue to be prayerful that, that our scientists and our uh, health experts will find, you know, remedies, cures, treatments, therapies, any, there's some really interesting stuff with the antibodies and I, we won't mm. get into it here. It's not our expertise, but uh, I'm optimistic still that, that in, innovation and the ingenuity of, of the American community will, will come together and, and, and find ways to short circuit some of the, the worst case scenarios. But you're right, it's, it's time to uh, kind of reconcile our minds to the fact that we're in this for the long run. Have you used to read that article? Two people have sent me this article. I'm sure you've seen it uh, from Harvard Business Review uh, about grief, about this feeling that 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 feeling you have is grief. Have you seen that yet? I'll share it I with you after this. I have yet to see that. I've yet to see um, it. Yeah. How's it? What does it say? That discomfort you're feeling is grief. HBR. This is last week, and and a couple people have sent this to me, and really that's that's kind of the thing that we as humans have to remember this situation is it's something that we have to kind of let go of those hopes and dreams and, and kind of expectations of getting back to normalcy, grieve that loss. It's, it's, it is a grieving process, right? And then start to heal ourselves and prepare for what that new normal might be. And also just be prepared to help each other through the immediate future, these next few weeks and, and months. And no, how are you feeling in that regard? I would be um, curious to know. I, I definitely, I definitely don't feel like I'm grieving. Um, adjusting, yeah, of course, right? You know, us, us human beings are fantastic at adapting, right? That's what we're really, really good at. You know, we're also really, really good at finding solutions to problems that are put in front of us. And the innovation that you see these various doctors that you were mentioning there, the, the things that we're trying, the drugs, the therapies, the different ways to do things, um, that's all part of it, you know? Um, but I don't feel like I'm grieving, do you? A little bit in the sense that okay. the loss of normalcy, the loss of things that, mm. and I think we have to remember this for our employees. Our employees yeah. are in different circumstances yeah. and other people in our nation, in the workplace and in and beyond are, are losing, some are, some are literally losing their family members to this disease, it's horrible. And, and, and many of us have to, may have to face that, but, but even broader, people are losing their routines. They're losing their escapes. They're losing their ability to connect with others. I think that's what we have to remember. We're, we're creatures of, of, of connection, of human connection. And, and there's gonna be some, some serious challenges as we 
are so distanced for so long, if we don't make purposeful plans and strategies to, to get together and to connect and, and, and confront these things head on, the mental health impact of this, the well-being impact of this is going to be dramatic. So, so empathizing with those around us who maybe are not in the position like you and I, we talked about this a little last week, that we can work from home, we can do most of what we do uh, remotely, and many in our knowledge worker industries can do that. And we can plan for the future and plan for the getting back to the built environment. But many uh, service providers, many companies, small businesses are, are, are losing their livelihoods and, and it will never be the same retail and hospitality. So I think of all those folks, I think of, the, but in simple terms, I mean, the loss of, of some plans, family members planning weddings, people yeah, planning yeah. baby showers, people expecting to have a baby and the most yeah. joy, joyful time of their mm of their uh, existence as humans is all of a sudden disrupted. So, so I think we are now facing this collective need to, to grieve those losses, but, but also find hope and, and help each other navigate it just like we would have, if we lost a, a friend or a family member to death, because that was the, the article. And when you read it, it compares, you know, there's different types of grief. There's the anticipatory mm -hmm. grief of mm -hmm. we all eventually are going to die. So if you think, into the future really far you all you'll have to face that but really it's that it's that other grief of of loss of of things routines um the family vacations we had a huge trip planned to disney world coming up and i'm still again in my mind hopeful optimistic that somehow we'll make that work but the reality is we most likely will have to postpone that but those are those are minor inconveniences in many ways but mm -hmm. they all do kind of have a collective uh impact on our mental well-being no and, and and don't make you know i hope i didn't come across as i was downplaying that the emotions are there's there's definitely not a lack of empathy from 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 where i'm coming from um but it is is yeah i feel the loss but again it's, it's also as well it's it's that mental state of this is how it is this is the way the situation is how do we we know where we are what is it we have to do to not survive but thrive in this 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 current status right what do we have to do is individuals as, as a social gathering as a, uh, you know an industry what are those things that we need to be to be thinking about you know um and then finding the positives innovation within that um but yeah, uh, did you catch but, yeah. up on any speaking of that did you said you're going to use the weekend to catch up on some webinars or some industry specific content but it sounds like you turned your brain off a little bit which i'm glad oh, to hear. I, did, I didn't yeah no no i i did a little bit of work but not much not much to good. be honest um good. yeah no it was good to switch off it was uh got some runs in so cleared the air um but uh, yeah so one thing i did pick up though was i don't know if you read um the ceo co-founder of convene uh ryan Simonetti oh, ryan. basically put, yeah. out a, put out his, his post which was which was great you know what basically where he is I've got the words he used because I think he was very careful in the wordings, proactively yeah. offering full rental relief for all workplace customers until local shelter in place orders are lifted. Um, and that's a great thing, right? It's yeah. there's there's a couple of hidden messages in there. One is a as a, an entity convened, they're going to be okay. They see themselves through this, which is great. I think they have a great product and service. Um, and it's also a relief to uh, obviously to their customers, which oh, absolutely. You know, most of the people who are their customers are probably, you know, small companies, entrepreneurs, um, and that sort of helps in this time. So that's, that's a great thing that Ryan and, and the obviously convene put together, which was good. Yeah. I've had a chance to, to meet some of those guys and, uh, interview them for my podcast. So 
and, and obviously do events in their space, which are which are really amazing. So um, I was good to see, I was good to see that article. It was it was encouraging. So I think that's the thing. We're here in a moment where you you're going to see how the mission behind businesses are whether those those character exposing decisions, right? So here we are in a time. And our, and our good buddy, Alec, who's the executive producer of OSW Daily, is behind the scenes. Yep. He shared an article over the weekend with us about some businesses. I think it was down in Texas that the employers are, you know, actually withholding the income from some employees that match what they anticipate the government relief to be. That's like, you know, that bill was signed on Friday after we did our show. So we haven't had a chance to talk about the fact that here in the U.S., you know, the government stepped in with a two trillion plus dollar relief package, which is designed to, you know, help carry us through economically the next, what, three or four months, you know, by, by supporting unemployment benefits and, and actually sending the American people some money in the near term to help them get through. Uh, I know that the, my friends in the UK, there's some things that were going on late last week in this similar kind of, you know, government stepping in to help, you know, ease the burden. But Companies are making decisions, obviously, and and having to decide whether to to keep on their employees, furlough them, lay them off, you know. Uh, and then this article that that Alex sent us, you know, that's where you're going to see, you know, some interesting decision making going on, and and it's going to be uh, something that that really reveals something about the company. So to hear Convene doing what they're doing, it's it's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, and I mean, going back to that, <clears throat> you know. Um you know, you have to trust that each business owner is looking at the, the long term, right? You know, they're, look, they're not looking at, okay, this is an opportunity for me not to pay people. I don't believe uh, businesses will take that mindset. They're probably evaluating, okay, uh, by holding this back a little bit, by holding these funds back, does that mean we can sustain ourselves that little bit longer duration? So yeah, exactly. it's uh, the bill is really important. I think it's also really important for individuals to know that there is some level of security, there is some level of income. Um, and obviously there is also relief for renters and so on and so forth, right? So there, there'll be multiple ways that people uh, will feel protected, organizations, businesses will feel better. So, so that's good. There yeah, is and we need, to, we need to remember that and pay it forward to those in of our course. lives. Of that course, we count on in normal yeah. times, right? In fact, I, yeah. I think if this yeah. isn't maybe something you worry about, my haircut, my hairdresser, you know, this is going to get pretty <laughs> ugly here in the coming weeks, uh, Steve. It's, 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 I, I was waiting to get to that. I was waiting to get to that. <laughs> I, I did have it in the back of my head and I was trying to find the right opportunity to bring that up because that must be a stressful thing for you, you know? It is. I, it on is. the other hand, have a less of a concern, but yeah. uh, you, you, you well, know, someone as well groomed some... as you are. <laughs> No, yeah, but seriously, I mean, I've had a, uh, a hairdresser and, and it's, I'm not ashamed, folks. You know, it's not a barber. It's not a, you know, going to hair cuttery and is having some rando touch this thing. This is a lot of work. There's a lot of special, you know, considerations going on here. Calyx oh. and, and, you know, bald spots from, from early, uh, you know, earlier things going on. So she, uh, I should give a shout out to Amy, my hairdresser who obviously is in a tough spot because her salon is closed by, yeah. by government mandate. So there's a period of time here where we need to rise up and help uh, her stay afloat. And, and I'm glad that the, uh, our government leadership's doing stuff for that, but also personally, they, you know, continue to yeah. support people like that. 
is something yeah. that's very important to me. And, and uh, without going into all kinds of detail, I think everybody needs to be looking at their situation and then looking at those others and those less fortunate and uh, help so, us all so let's, gather let's, together uh, as a community. Let's, let's dig into a little bit more there, Mike. So, you know, uh -oh. so Amy, Amy's at home. She's watching this. She's seeing your hair. She's getting a little Amy. bit uh, concerned for you, right? And, and then Amy calls you up and go, Mike, you're, you're on the camera every day now, you know, are, are you prepared to risk it so I can come over and cut your hair? What do you say? <laughs> I don't know if she, if she again, it'd be adaptive, innovative, if it becomes yeah. the, uh, the mobile uh, haircutting station, we'll, we'll see, we'll have to address that. But because then you have yeah. to kind of balance my germophobia and my fear. I know. I know. that with that's uh, why i asked you the question because you're the right guy to ask that question we'll because that i know how you feel to it steve let's not there you get go. there too know, far so uh, you, you still got some time you've got faith you're getting a little more uncomfortable now that we're talking this much about your hair i i'm really uncomfortable now I, now let's lean Fair into enough. it i'm great this is if you have any other questions you'd like to ask about my personal I love it. I love it. No, fair play, fair play. So, yeah. so, I mean, obviously I know on the weekends, uh, you spend time with your family, you get together, you have, you have lunch and so on and so forth over the weekends. Did you get to see the family? Did you, uh, uh, no. keep your social you didn't at all? No. no, because we're now really totally taking this very seriously. Obviously the, yeah. the reports of, especially the vulnerable communities, like my parents is yeah. someone we need to protect. In fact, uh, I think I, I saw a great interview and read some articles about, you know, strategy. Remember I was alluding to last week that I was frustrated with the lack that we're just hunkering down and told to stay in place. And first it was just for a couple of weeks and then we'll, we'll figure this out. Well, I, I kept saying, show us the plan. Give me some mm. comfort and assurance knowing that somebody's got a vision for how this works. Well, there's a doctor from Yale. I want to say Dr. Katz, Dr. David Katz. And he was he's out there writing articles about this and saying that he's the he's a data-driven guy right which i love because you know in the workplace we're data-driven we look at the statistics about space utilization we make decisions about how to use our our spaces and and using those tools to uh, make decisions right so i knew that data was coming in we had a lot more data from from italy and other parts of the world china who have already been through a little further along than we are. Let's analyze that data and make decisions. Well, that's what Dr. Katz was saying. And again, I don't have all the answers and he didn't, but he was basically saying that, you know, we can look strategically at the data, you know, who is most vulnerable to this, who is not. And if, if we're just, if we just do this, these blanket policies of shut the whole country down exactly the same with no plan, then there are people that are probably being over overly protective and overly uh, cautious that don't need to be necessarily. And there's the, the vulnerable who are underprotected. We're not doing enough for folks like my parents. We need to have, he was rattling off, we need to have you know, plans in place to deliver food to them with, by people who we know have already you know, are immune or have, have, have tested negative. We have to have tests that tell us you know, where people are and then be able to make decisions about how they can move about as opposed to just guessing. So I guess that's the thing I'm, I'm most looking for now is more details. And, and I think the president's mm. task force, when they made the announcement about April 30th, said they'd come out tomorrow, Tuesday, with some information, more details behind what drove that decision and what they expect to have happen. So tell me, you know, tell me that, yes, things are being strained in New York with supplies, but we've got 3M producing X million N95 face masks and they'll be there on Thursday, whatever it is, just share that with the American people to give us some hope and optimism that it's things being managed as opposed to the, 
the nightly news, which likes to present the most sensationalized worst case chaos scenario. So uh, check out articles by uh, Dr. David Katz and some of the things he's putting on LinkedIn and also on mm. uh, in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. I think I've, I've, I've seen some articles like that. So does that, yeah, I mean, would you like and... to see more of that? That's, that would be comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big data guy, as you know. Um, I believe data, you can run every, everything and anything with data, right? Um, and, and to be honest, I actually am quietly impressed Governor Cuomo with the amount of data he shows. Um, you know, every day he gives updates on how much equipment they have, how much has been deployed, the numbers, um, and he allows the data to tell the story. And then he has a little section where he gives his opinion. And, you know, this is opinion is just his opinion, you know. Um, and I think he's doing a phenomenal job of communicating everything, you know. Um, he gives you a real sense of control. He's consistent. Where he does change, he says why he's changed. And it all goes back to those data points, right? Um, and he admits that, freely admits that there's so many data points. It's like, which data point do you follow, right? And, uh, but uh, I think... I think the more information, I think we're crying out for information on this. Um, I think some of the newscasters, to your point, you know, they want to sensationalize. They want to show the dire side of it. I think they could ask better questions. Spur action. Yeah. They're trying to spur action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where rather you've got these folks coming on to be interviewed and you almost feel like the the people are trying to do the right thing by communicating to the public. But then these newscasters are trying to uh, ask questions that will intended to trip them up and and hurt them where actually yeah. they're trying to do a good service um i've seen that a lot more um i actually turned the news off this morning because i just like i just got frustrated with the people who was asking the question you've got all these good people yeah. who are working hard um they're trying to communicate and they're trying to provide information and these newscasters are just trying to set them up trip them up which is a little unfortunate but but anyway going back to the point of data data absolutely yeah. it's 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 key it's key. And then communication, yeah. like you said, Governor Cuomo is doing a good job. He's a great communicator, obviously a great leader mm. in that regard. So he is, but then he's caught up in that, in that political side of this thing where he feels like he's anticipating the worst case. He's got to be prepared for the worst case. So therefore right. he needs to raise alarms that may be, you know, overblown, but it's like, I need all this stuff in case I can't be caught off guard. So that's, what we need to find a way to, you know, come together and put the politics aside and, and really kind of, and I don't know how to do this. I know there's people that are in charge that are hopefully smarter than me. I keep saying, but, but I, we need to demand this of our leaders, whether it's in, in our government or in the workplace is communicate to us. What is the plan? And I know they don't have all the answers. And I think those that can be vulnerable, here's another kind of plot twist. You know, Brene Brown, are you familiar with Brene Brown? Uh, you probably wouldn't. You're a tough guy. Got that. Got that cool, <laughs> you know, facade going, Steve. But vulnerability is her thing. She did a TED talk about a decade ago on shame and vulnerability, and she blew up. She's a researcher out of Houston, Texas, and I just started reading more of her stuff over the last couple of years. Some of my podcast guests turned me on to her materials, and I just happen to agree with it. It's like the the courage, real courage, is shown when you're vulnerable. Real courage is is shown. When you're willing to say, "Hey, I don't have all the answers," and but here I here's a, a leader who's a courageous leader can do that, and and the military is using this technique, and other you know corporate leaders are using these techniques of of vulnerability and being honest. It used to be the old school of, "I've got everything under control, and I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you what to do, and and I'm going to be really wrong, but you know I'm never going to admit being wrong." That that type of leadership model has to go out the window, and it's got to be now 
we're out of control. We don't know all the answers. We're doing our best based on the data we have. So true leaders in this time of crisis are going to be those that, that can admit that and then say, here's the reason why I'm asking you of this decision we're going to make, whether it's in our uh, government or in our corporation. So organizations, communication, vulnerability, honesty, transparency, the things that we value here on this you know, daily chat that I value is something that I hope our, our leaders will embrace. No, no, for sure, for sure. And when you talk about that fear and push it through that fear, right, that vulnerability, you take all those frontline workers, right? And it's, yeah, we've got the first responders, but then we've got everyone who's, you know, in the store, stacking shelves, people who are mm. ringing people up, you know, absolutely. Uh, US Next Postal Service. Workers. Yeah, they're yeah. the ones that are Amazon. Amazon deliveries. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, where yeah. would we be without, without those folks? You know, they don't get the they're probably not getting the attention that they deserve. Um, I know there is one or two organizations have provided additional compensation for those who actually are, you know, their stocking shelves and at the counters and measures and put in place to help protect those folks. But, you know, every day they wake up and they have to consciously make a decision. You know, they have to know the vulnerability of the position they're in, and then they have to push through the fear of what could potentially be, you know? So I think it's a very apt, um, point and observation you noted there. Um, Those one thing heroes, I don't know. Man. The healthcare workers yeah. are the heroes. We, we shouted them out last week. Claps for carers. And uh, we got to remember the folks that you said doing all that frontline work and exposing themselves. So um, as we go through this, uh, our supplies that we, we, we acquired uh, are procured before everything sort of went into lockdown. Is there anything you're missing at the moment? Is there like a you know, you sit down and watch a movie and you go, oh, I'd love to have this. I'd love to have that. Are you there yet? Not yet. Not yet. We, uh, again, very fortunate to have, and, and we're not completely locked down here. We are able to go to the grocery store. We're able to go to Home Depot just to grab some mulch and, and you know, social distance and care, but yeah. just grab some yeah. stuff. So my wife was able to work in the yard this weekend, but that may happen where we're, we're locked down. Um, you know, I, I do worry about some of that uh, imbalance because so many people hoarded toilet paper and paper goods uh, and that may hit us. But again, minor inconveniences compared to those people we were just talking yeah. about. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not concerned personally uh, for my immediate family, but I do think, and I still am optimistic and hopeful that, that this situation, this crisis, this pandemic will bring out the best. And I'm already seeing, and we continue to see oh, for sure. evidence for of sure. that. Oh my Humans, goodness. Uh, you know, beings caring for one another and working together. And I am glad I'll give the news credit, even though I criticize them a lot to highlight some of those stories of people, you know, doing what they're doing, delivering food to schools and, you know, uh, delivering groceries to, to older folks that are, that are really locked down. Uh, that is always super inspiring to me. And, and I hope to continue to, to see that. I'm sure we will. And, and again, it's a matter of that mind shift, that mindset of, of, yeah, this is a bummer. It's inconvenient to be stuck at home and it's inconvenient to, to not be able to do the things I used to be able to do, but it's almost as, you know, I, do you, do you buy into the, the war analogy, this war against the virus? It's almost like, Yes. You know, if in other times we were at war and, and we've been at war, even in this country, where we're a very small percentage of our military, we're, we're dealing with these issues of, of loved ones being away and not being around when a baby is born or not being around to see their kids graduate. Well, now we're all facing it, right? We, our graduations are canceled and 
babies are going to be born in the coming months where the family can't be there. Weddings are going to be canceled or, or just, you know, put in a very difficult situation. But if we have that wartime mentality of these are the sacrifices necessary to get us through, mm. then we'll get through. And I think that's what I'm most hopeful for. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are in, you know, you, you know, I, I know people who are expecting babies and, you know, it's um, the thought of the father not being in that room is, is scary for people. Yeah. Um, it's also a, a thing I think every father wants to go through, you know. Um, but in New York, thankfully, Governor Cuomo actually uh, pushed through an executive order that says for each childbirth, one other person can be in the room. So that's good. And I'm sure other states will follow. So that's that's positive. And I, and I think I think it's recognized that there are some things that are just too big, too momentous that uh, we have to find workarounds. And I think that's one of them. So I think as a society, we will push through and we will find yeah. solutions. And as workplace leaders, um, yeah. in the coming days, I want to get more into these. And again, it's we got plenty of time, it seems. Plenty to, of time. Plenty to of work time. these things out. But I've I've been reading some really smart people in our industry who I admire, recommend, and we'll make those recommendations. We'll figure out a way to do that in the chat or in, in the comments or in the description, you know, links to some of these great resources because it, it yeah. is, it's overwhelming. There's so many invitations to webinars and invitations to this article or that. I think we're past the whole wave of work from home articles and work from home. Well, I've tips. seen, I've seen, I don't know if you've seen, but I've, I've noticed an uptick in uh, social media asking for no more uh podcast work from home podcasts or work from <laughs> yeah. home webinars or work from home whatever you know yeah i think everyone's uh, maxed out on all of that but uh, what, I what what i do want to get into over the next uh next while is you know one of the great things about having open source workplace and and work from home insider those two websites is you get to see the trends you get to see what people are searching for what people are looking for so it'll be good to sort of dig into some of those to sort of understand yeah. the psychology of what people are going through um and uh, yeah, so the next couple of days, uh, the next weeks or so, we can actually dig into some of that. And uh, yeah, tap into your data. Your I'll tap into mine from my Workplace yep. Innovator live stream. I have a lot of questions yep. that have come in there. I'd love to ask you those questions. Yep. And looking ahead, this Wednesday at noon Eastern time, Workplace Innovator Interactive live live stream, noon Eastern every week. We have amazing guests that are expert in well-being and health and well-being and, and dealing with stress. The topic's going to be around stress, mm. dealing with this situation we're in, and, and that's going to be an interesting conversation. So I hope you'll join us. Cool. No, no, sounds good. Sounds good, man. All right. All right, Mike. Thank you, man. See you tomorrow, my friend. See you tomorrow, man. All right. Take All care. Right. Peace out.